Hi there, Carling here. Whether this is your first episode of this podcast you're listening to, or you're working backwards from the more recent ones, these earliest episodes require a bit of patience, humor, and understanding. These episodes are a time machine back to when I had no idea what I was doing in editing, sound quality, or production. And there were two hosts. We were full of passion, laughter, and a whole lot of trial and error. But here's the thing. These episodes are the essence of my humble beginnings, and I'm hoping that's part of the charm. The raw authenticity that shaped the foundation of this podcast. Although this podcast has evolved and my interview skills and audio quality have vastly improved, the heart and soul of these episodes remain timeless. The stories I shared back then, they still hold significance and are worth hearing. These episodes make me appreciate how far I've come, so... Thank you in advance for your patience and enjoy. Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay and I'm joined by my co-host and real life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a lighthearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I, I've, I was, I'm always like, ha ha, what a, what a crazy thing. And then to hear <laughs> them say that, I was like, oh shoot, I really did almost die. Hi. Oh, hey. Hey, hello. How are you? Oh, wow. I'm, well, I don't know. I'm I know. Good. We're kind of, we're kind of, we're kind of crazy today. We're living on no sleep. We have a headache. Lots of caffeine. Lots of caffeine. I love how it's just like our, all of our feelings are just ours. Like we have a headache. I mean, I kind of <laughs> do have a headache, but it reminds me, and I'm sure you never saw this show, but Arrested Development. I did. I have seen okay, it. Okay. So Liza Minnelli had vertigo. Like yeah. Her character. Yeah. And so she was dating Buster, and yes. they would call it our nausea. Oh my <laughs> god! So that's like us. Like we're we're just like one person now. Yeah. So when you're tired, I'm tired. We're platonic soulmates. We are platonic soulmates. I love that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so moving on. I still don't know if I have a job. Yeah, that's people, getting old. You know, we're just I'm tracking sure this. Are like, I don't freaking care, lady. Oh, tippy tapper oh, there. Oh, sorry. Michelle's playing with a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> this is us. Raw, real, a little unhinged. A little unhinged. Um, I still don't know if I have a job. I don't know if people are tracking it, listening to episode every week, being like, Ling. Bitch I, needs a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Somebody, I swore. Please just hire her. Um... But you're back at work. I am back at work. Are people wearing masks when they go into the bank? Um, some. Not all. I think they should. And a lot of people will, will wear a mask in, and then as soon as they get up to us, they'll take it off. And I'm like, so what was the point of that? Yeah. And we have, like, the plexiglass, but there's space between. Yeah. And so they'll, like, put their head around the plexiglass. No! Yes. Why? <laughs> I don't know. And then there's the little reach. There's the reach and I can through. hear you. Yeah. Through the plexiglass. I don't need you to, like, yeah. put your head around. Like, just... I know, it's silly. And I think, well, well there's talks of us having to wear masks at work, I mean, too. I don't disagree with that. I'm fine with it, honestly. Like, 
I just, like, we were at the clinic today for three hours. My daughter had to get her cast taken off. And, you know, I wore a mask. She wore a mask. She's six years old. If she can wear a mask for three yeah. hours, like, you can wear a mask for, tw- you know, ten yeah. minutes at the bank. Like, yeah. It, I give, it's not I that give big the of a deal. stink eye now mm-hmm. when I see people who should know better not wearing a mask in public. Yeah. Like, I had a hard time wearing a mask at first because I felt like I was being judged. People being yeah. like, oh, you're a sheep. Like, you're yeah. you blah. But, like, I'm just going by what medical professionals are telling me. I'm not, I'm not really conspiratorial or, you know, like, I kind of just trust and not, like, blindly. No, listen, Bill Nye, the science guy, do you know who I'm talking about? I do. He's a little (gasps) problematic, too. Is he? Because he did an experiment and he proved. I did see that, yeah. I also saw another doctor put on six masks and took his, like, pulse ox. Yeah. And it was, like completely fine yeah so you put on six masks like one on top and of he the can other still breathe to prove that it doesn't affect your yeah oxygen ew now with that i'm thinking we're sitting very close together like what is this like two feet three feet and yeah. now that i know with like when we talk moistly how many particles and droplets we're just breathing in each other's droplets right now i mean we share symptoms so like that's just that's <laughs> we are just, just one we are one <laughs> Should we wear masks when we record? I mean, I think the listeners would love that. Like, our sound quality has just gotten better, and now we're going to put masks on our faces. Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Um, I'm going to Saskatoon this weekend. Are you going to survive? No, I am not okay with that. This was not approved vacation. Listen, Lindy said if you found somebody to watch your kids, you could just come along. Sit in the back seat. Okay, listeners, if you want to come and watch my kids... (laughs) It's just two nights, Friday so to I Sunday. Can go to Saskatchewan. <laughs> and you can stay at Lindy's sister's house with us. Yeah, but she has cats though, hey? She does have cats. And I am like not sure if I'm allergic to cats anymore, but I also feel like it would be kind of risky to like spend two nights at someone's house. But and, they like... do have an outdoor shed. No, okay, but it's like no no, not like just a <laughs> shed. It's like a Oh, I see. It's <laughs> it's like a little like bunkhouse. Like it's totally oh, insulated. It's um, a loft, so when you walk in, there's like a couch, PlayStation, mini fridge, and then you climb up a ladder to a little bed. Cute. You can just sleep out there. There we go. Um, we want to take you on vacation <laughs> and stick you in a shed. Yeah. And you know what? It sounds great. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> tell me the problem with that. It sounds good. <laughs> you don't have to go to the bridal shower. You just stay out there the whole oh time. Oh my gosh. I'll just like order food. Yeah. Will the food come to Skip the bunker? The dishes keeps coming to the door, and I'm like, sorry, just around just back. Just around back to the, the, to the crazy little, chicken yeah, bunker. Yeah, looks like a shed, but it's actually like a bunker. No, I'm down with that for sure. Let's do it. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a fast, quick trip, but a good... Fast, quick trip. Trip. Uh, But anyway, in the meantime, who are we interviewing today? We're interviewing Josie. You guys, we're interviewing a celebrity. I don't know if we can say where she works. We'll have to ask her. No, she said it was fine. Oh, did well, she? okay, just for this purpose, we'll like double check. She works for a local radio station. Yes. Um, she is one of the midday hosts. Yes. And um, she is not part of the Pussycat Dolls, so that should kind of narrow it all down for you. What? Josie and the Pussycat Dolls? Is that a thing? Yeah, you're making me. You're making. Isn't me it question. just the Pussycat Dolls? No, but Josie's like the main one. No, what? wait. <laughs> Isn't it Josie? Okay, what? no. What? Okay. 
There are. We're giving it a goo. There are the pussycat dolls. I can't believe how many times I said pussycat. Um, look at Josie and the pussycats. Okay. Oh, Josie and the pussycats. okay. See, you can see why I was confused. Oh, yes. Very. Because there's one extra <laughs> word at the end. Um, <laughs> no, it was. Okay. So they're like. Yes. It was a cartoon. Yes. Then it was a mm-hmm. movie with Rachel Lee Cook and Tara. What's her name? Yeah. Trainwreck. Tara yep. Trainwreck. And is that Rosario Dawson? I don't know. But yes, I did see that. So no, yeah, it is not Dawson. Josie from Josie and the Pussycat Dolls. Just to make a long, pointless story short, yeah. it is not her. Uh, but I'm super excited. And when I called her celebrity, she was like, well, I wouldn't go that far. But like, girl, listen. I mean. You are. Yeah. Compared to us. Yeah. Yeah. Who are we? So her, we reached out to her because she... Um, she has like a really cool weight loss story. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we want to say that? Um, but but <clears throat> there was there's sort of like an I did not sign up for this twist. Yes. So we'll get into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh my god, but I'm really nervous. Like we interviewed Chris for last week's episode, mm-hmm. and like she's a celebrity. Like she's TikTok famous. She has over a million followers. Yeah, we have like a hundred and ninety. <sighs> But our downloads, like, we're getting a lot of downloads. So. Uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. We're having so much fun. This intro and last intro are kind of scattered. Yeah, we're just all over the place. So maybe we'll redo it or maybe this will just be it. This is what you get. If you're listening to this, here we are. Real and raw. <laughs> I hate that. Stop saying raw. <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> we are real and authentic. We are real and caffeinated. How about that? Yeah. I actually have to make another coffee. and scatterbrained. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Well, let's give her a call. All right. Uh, so I'm Carling. I'm Michelle. Hi. Hi. Carling and Michelle, you said? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, I'm Josie. How, <laughs> how are you feeling? Oh, I'm okay. I just have some like weird tickly thing going on in my throat and I'm just like, ugh, with COVID and everything, it freaks me out. Oh, Yeah. But, my God, yeah. today I had a runny nose and I was like, oh my God, is it COVID? Like everything. This is it. I know, everything. I Googled it and it was like, sore throat is like the furthest down symptom, but sometimes it can happen. And I was like, okay, hey, well, I don't really know. <laughs> kind of, help. It's kind of working for you though. It's like raspy. I like it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. How are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, good. We're like having a crazy day. Like it's just like, there's not enough coffee in the world. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I'm glad I'm not the only one feeling like that this week. Yeah, no. Michelle today looked up if it was a full moon because it was just like my kids were up like all night and just wild, but I couldn't really find it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you're saying that. I was up all night last night. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I woke up at like 2 a.m. and couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. Yeah, there's no. something weird going on. Okay, well, that makes me feel better about it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we can all commiserate together, like, then exactly. it's okay. Exactly. Yes. And are we um, okay to talk about where you work or no? Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. I like how I called you a celebrity. And then I think you're like, I don't know. You said something like, oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, you're on the radio. You are. (laughs) You know, I was on the radio once. I filmed a uh, radio commercial with my brother for my dad's hair salon. Oh my God. Oh, really? That's awesome. (laughs) I was like four. Incredible. <laughs> That's so funny. 
yeah. I find I used to like uh, places I've worked. I've often like been the person who's like interviewed for media or like done radio interviews. And I get so annoyed because I, my brain picks a word and I overuse it like absolutely <laughs> or incredible or like, <laughs> Oh, I am so guilty of that all the time. I use the same words lately. It's been the word wildly. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I use it to describe everything and I need to stop. <laughs> I'll probably use it right now. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. We found your story. Well, I don't, did we find it on Instagram or TikTok? Well, no, like I have followed you, um, for a while, probably, I don't know, a couple of years on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And saw that you were going in for the um, skin removal surgery. Oh, yeah. And followed how all, like, you know, everything that went down and and all of that. And then, um, I mean, we listened to you on the radio and stuff. And then as we were coming up with people to interview, I was like, oh, we should talk to Josie. Because she has a crazy story about her weight loss and surgery. So we just kind of thought that that would be a good oh well it's my favorite topic I love talking about it if I have like three vodka sodas everybody at the table (laughs) is gonna know that I lost this much weight and that I did this surgery and that it was the best thing I ever did like it's all I ever talk about oh that's awesome that's so good I whenever I drink vodka soda I call it my potato fruit diet (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing (laughs) I love Um, that Cool. Well, welcome. This is very exciting. So why don't we start by just having you tell us a bit about yourself, like where you're from, what you do. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Josie. I'm 26 years old and I am from Toronto. I grew up there like my whole life. Um, and I only moved out here to Calgary to do my job, which is being a radio host for 98.5 Virtual Radio here. Um, but my parents are both in radio. Uh, oh, my mom really? Is still on the radio. Yeah, she still does it uh, in Toronto, and my dad's retired. Oh, cool. That's yeah. great. So, when you moved to Calgary, did you feel like I, I've actually, of all the places in Canada I've been, I've never been to Toronto, but I feel like people in Calgary are always like, I don't know, like salty with people from Yeah, Toronto. they're really <laughs> salty about it. Like, and so do you find that, or like, do you get why that is? I feel like a lot of people question, like, are you really from Toronto? And I'm like, oh. yeah. And they're like, well, what part? Oh. And I'm like, Toronto. And they're oh like, my God, oh, like you have a lot of people are from one part of Toronto, but they think they're actually from Toronto. I get that often. Oh, but, um, and then also, yeah, I feel like if you're, if you're born and raised Calgary and you're still in Calgary, like you bleed Calgary. Like you're yeah. not, like you, you're not accepting of anybody from anywhere else. Yeah. 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 I was born in Ontario, uh, in Sarnia. Okay. And then moved out here when I was 13. And it, I, I do find myself, um, kind of going back and forth. Cause I, I'm like, I've lived here obviously longer than I lived in Ontario, but I love Ontario. So it is kind of funny to be like, well, people in Ontario say this and people in, you know, kind of do the comparison thing. Right. Oh yeah, totally. I feel like Ontario, everyone here calls it on Yes. And, oh. And I like I get it. And Alberta is definitely way more beautiful, but Ontario is where my family, my friends are. So I'll always have like quite an affinity oh, yeah. with it. Like I'll always consider it home. But Calgary is pretty much home for me now. So yeah. Um, I do like nice. it. My only like whenever I think of Ontario, I just sing that like 
Niagara Falls, Ontario. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I actually went to I went to school in Niagara Falls. It's really nice there. Oh, oh nice. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So other than knowing you from the radio, we discovered on Instagram that you have a weight loss journey that you've been chronicling. Um yes. and it's called Josie's Disappearing Act. Oh yeah, that's I, I made an Instagram page about it because I didn't want to annoy everybody on my regular page <laughs> interested in that topic. I did oh, that with funny. my animals. I realized my own Instagram was nothing but my animals. And so I was yeah. like, I guess I'll just make their own Instagram. So now at least people can choose if they want to see me or my animals. <laughs> oh, that's the best. You give people the option, right? You're like, if yeah. you don't want to be flooded with all this weird stuff that you didn't sign up for, then why would I make you do that? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your weight loss journey? Like, why did you want to lose weight? Um, well, I mean, I've, I feel like I start, I don't know if it's like such a weird phrase, but like I started to be overweight, but I started to be overweight when I was young, like not too young though. Like I wasn't born, you know how you see a lot of kids and, and, and they're just like pretty chubby from the start. Yeah. yeah. I was not like that. Like I would say I didn't start gaining weight until like maybe grade five or grade six. Okay. And then by the time I was finished high school, I was like, borderline 300 pounds what and, yeah and um so I went to my my buddy's 19th birthday party at like some wing restaurant in in Toronto and his sister was there and she was taking pictures of us and she posted like an album on Facebook as people used to do yes. and, um, <laughs> yeah and it was like his older sister so it was like Danny's 19th and it was just all these photos that she had taken of us posing and then of us just like when we didn't realize she was taking pictures uh -huh. and I was going through this album being like oh my god and I remember I was like crying my eyes out being like I didn't even know I looked like this and then my friends actually tagged me in the photos I called them and I was like why are you tagging me in Dan's sister's photo album and then they were like it was like kind of like a mean girls like the reway call thing but in a good way I'm still friends with these people but they were like I don't know if you've realized but we didn't even realize like how heavy you are and like oh. we, I know and they were like we think that this is like gonna be a problem and that maybe like something needs to be done about it and I got so mad at them I was like what is wrong with you you guys are <sighs> rude but uh the next day I joined the gym and oh. uh and like started right then oh and my god like, and yeah like were you teased in school one like once sort of like as you were the heavy kid were you teased about it or bullied in elementary school I remember like certain periods of it and it was never crippling bullying like I never was scared to go to school I always had a lot of friends um and I always find it weird and it's such a strange thing to be like I was always part of like a popular group of people because I don't even like to say it like that but I was yeah. and I, and then there were like other people that I wasn't friends with that would go out of their way to make me feel bad like there was these two girls when I was like in grade six who would like try to like feed me like granola bars and stuff to try to make me gain weight I, uh, I, uh. like I know I know um but in high worst. school <laughs> I, it's so bad right but in high school it was um it was more just random comments like I had a really 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 good big group of friends who were always backing me up um and they never had a bad word to say about me it was just like random people at random parties that would be like co making comments and saying stuff yeah. so I was always worried about going out in public because right 
in Toronto, there's no mercy. Like I remember running into a girl by accident in the subway, like getting off. She was getting on and I like accidentally hit her. And she was like, do you guys swear in this podcast? Uh, we try not to. Okay. So she was like, watch out, you fat bee. Like that's what she <gasps> called me. And I was uh, like, whoa. And we were on our way downtown to go shopping and it literally like ruined the whole day. So like uh, little things like that would happen, but it was never an everyday relentless bullying situation, just bullying from people that I didn't know. Yeah. 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 Oh, mm-hmm. that's awful. That's terrible. I was, I think, I think back now and it's kind of ironic. I, I was bullied in junior high for being fat but I look at pictures now and I'm like, oh my God, I wasn't even fat. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I became considered the fat kid in junior high when like, man, like I'd pay money to have that body right now. <laughs> I know, right? Like that's, that's how it always goes though. Like you'll always look back at like today, 10 years from now and be like, damn, I should have appreciated the way that I looked in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember being the same at like at 16 and thinking like, oh, I love handles and gross and and now I look at a picture and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was so cute and I've had five kids. So I'm like, definitely not cute anymore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> seriously, I should have appreciated it when I, when I had the chance. <laughs> and did your, oh, sorry, oh, go sorry. Ahead. I was going to add to that. I did that. Like, I remember when I like was, was starting to get, like, I always hated my body. I've always, 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 always hated mm-hmm. my body. But when I was in grade like seven, eight, I wasn't that big. I'm honestly, I'm five foot seven and I probably have been five foot seven since like grade six. Yeah. And I would say in grade eight, I was probably a little bit heavier than I am now. But like for my body height, that's pretty average. And in grade eight, I hated that because all the kids were small. Right. Right. And then when I got to grade 12, I'd look back at pictures of me in grade eight and be like, why did I think I was fat? Like I was like normal size for my height not maybe not for my age but for my height yeah and like it was just like it, you always you always regret not appreciating yourself in the moment which is a lesson that nobody will ever learn but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's always like hindsight yeah oh totally and was your family um like I don't know like did your family talk about body positivity or did they ever make comments or Honestly, I feel like I just want, I hopefully my mom never hears this, but I, um, I, it's my mom and my dad are not together. Okay. And my mom always gave me everything I wanted Mm. because I think it was an effort to make up for me not having like a regular family. Cause I was an only child with my mom. Like I have half siblings, but my mom's only kid is me. So it was just her and I. And whenever I wanted anything, she'd get it for me, like whether it be something for Christmas or something for, or like for this or that, but mostly what I wanted was food. Yeah. So whatever I asked for, she would give it to me. And I guess I found comfort in eating and she found comfort in giving me what I wanted. And then there was no like happy medium. So I just ended up eating like crap all the time. And she made her efforts and tried to tell me to stop, but she didn't want to hurt my feelings. So it was just like a, a weird kind of sense of um I guess disconnect but she always she's always apologizing now like when I got my surgery which I'll I'll get into like when I got really sick from it she was like I'm so sorry this is my fault I'm so sorry I never should have let this happen Uh, and I was like it's not your fault that I ate too much like maybe as a kid but when I got older as soon as I had access to a car as soon as I was going out with my friends like you don't get to come with me and hold my hand at the restaurant where I'm ordering my food, right? Like yeah. Yeah. it's, it's me. It's not you. 
Yeah. So and I think that's every, every mom's feeling, right? Like I have five kids who are 11 and under wow. and every day. I'm like, how am I screwing them up today? <laughs> I lost my no. husband last year. So I feel like there's so much more like vulnerability now for them. And it's like, it, yeah, it's just such a parent thing where you're just trying to make up for things constantly. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely something it's weird because I don't have kids and I'm hoping to one day have several, but it's, um, it's just a funny thing. You don't realize how much you pick up from your parents until you're older and it's already been done. Yeah. But like, you also have to like, think of all of the, yeah, weird stuff that you struggle with because maybe your parents were a certain way, Mm -hmm. but then also all of like the wonderful things about you are because your parents were a certain way. Right. Yes. So like, there's the parts of you that are like, maybe you're like, um, self-deprecating or maybe you don't care about yourself enough, or maybe you talk down to yourself because you heard your mom do that, but maybe you're really nice and kind and genuine, like deeply to the core. And there's just always going to be a mix. So you can't, you, you can't hate yourself for the things that you aren't. You just have to like be proud of like the things that you are. And those are the things that your kids will pick up on the most. I feel yeah, no, that's really, that's a really good point. That that makes a lot of sense. I find I, I don't have kids. I don't want kids, but I'm like an auntie to like 10 kids. Um, yeah. And I'm like fiercely protective of how adults in their lives talk about bodies. Um, and like my niece um, has a grandmother, like so fr- through marriage um, mm-hmm. and she's only 10 And her grandma the other day asked her how she was going to lose the weight before grade six starts. And I just like, I cannot like, first of all, she's perfect. There's nothing wrong with her body. And like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I remember being that age and thinking like, how do I lose weight? And like, no tenure, like, it's just like such a messed up thing. So I always find it interesting to hear from people who have lost weight, like what they're childhoods were like like if they were influenced by their families at all but yeah I think that um I feel like as time goes on things become less and more acceptable or unacceptable to say and not say and like you learn these lessons and it's 2020 and it's not that everybody's hypersensitive it's that everybody's learning (laughs) and that there are certain things that are just no longer acceptable and I remember my grandma lived with us too and she always said um she'd always be like, I'd overhear her getting mad at my mom for letting me eat so much. Oh, yeah. And I, and then I would get mad at my grandma being like, what do you mean? Like, shut yeah. up. You know? Yeah. And then like, I remember my dad, he's not like super, he's in the picture for sure. I talk to him all the time. He's great. But I just, he just rattles off his comments and I just remember them. Yeah. Like one time I was eating the hot dog and I asked for another one and he's like, what, you don't care. You don't care if people like see what you look like when you eat that much. Oh. And I was like, and I just remember that moment being like, Oh yeah, I yeah. guess I do care. And like those little moments will always rub off on you. And that's the crappy thing. Like, like overhearing my grandma telling my mom to not let me eat so much. My dad saying that thing about those hot dogs that I was eating. And like your um, niece is always going to remember that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's such that's such a good point that you were saying about um us not being overly sensitive. It's just that we're realizing how these things affect other people because you those are the things that you remember and they can very easily affect your self-esteem, your mental health. A lot of, you know, the negative things can stick with you so much longer than the positive can. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's sure, such yeah. a it just makes such a big impact. I remember being um 
I don't know, 14 or 15 at my cousin's house. And her guy friend said that um, I looked like I could be a football player because my shoulders were so broad. Oh, God. And I have never forgot. Like, it was like, literally to this day. Are you kidding me? And like, (laughs) I never have forgotten that I have the shoulders of a football football player because of this one guy. You know, it's just there's always something that just kind of sticks with you. Well, that's ridiculous, and I'm sure that you do not. And <laughs> even if you were to have that person, had no right to say that. But that's the thing is, like, that's the thing with the power of words, right? Mm-hmm. And and how much they impact people. And quite literally, once you say something, you cannot take it back. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's so important to think before you speak. I don't do that enough. Yeah, and right. Yeah. It, and the, the the way that you have been. And it's crappy to think about negatively impacted by the words of others. You've probably done that to somebody at some point, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's hard to picture that and think that like your words are echoing in somebody's brain for the rest of their life because you said the wrong thing. Yeah. And I, but I, with that, I feel like some words like that used to be bad or like quote unquote bad aren't necessarily bad anymore. Like one of my girlfriends, um, the other day, she just like, she's like, called herself fat. She was like, I'm just, she's going to just live my, my big fat life. And I was like, don't say that about yourself. And she was like, why? Fat's not a bad word. Yeah. Like, fat yeah. is not a bad word. And I don't understand why everybody thinks it's such a bad word. Like being fat is not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I guess like, I'm, I'm a little bit scarred from being like so overweight and like hearing that word in a negative way from other people yeah. that I can, I attribute that word to bad. Yeah. But being fat or being bigger or being overweight doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. That's like so true. it just is your size. Like it yeah. just, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to, to have like a healthy, healthy view on what you can and cannot say, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I just, I saw a TikTok the other day about this girl saying that, um, if you, are skinny and you have an eating disorder, then you would be sent to the hospital. But if you are overweight mm. and have an eating disorder, people will congratulate you yes. for losing weight. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Like it's, it's such a weird parallel. Like it's not healthy, but people see you losing weight and they consider you to be overweight and they're, yeah. they're happy for you when really you're struggling and suffering. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the, the thing is like, I remember sitting down with, with my psychologist, like for the first time, but a year ago. And then she was like, do you think you have an eating disorder? And she was like, uh, she was like, do you think you have an eating disorder? And I was like, um, no, I'm not skinny enough to have an eating disorder. (laughs) And she was like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, eating disorders are for when people are like too skinny. Right. Yeah. And she was like, no, like she was like, for the way you're talking about it, eating like plagues your life and yeah. everything you do and everything you think about, it revolves around eating the right or the wrong things, which doesn't exist. Yeah. So um, she's like, you have an eating disorder. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, it's weird because I, the, the media makes it seem like eating disorders only come from under eating yeah. or binge eating and throwing up and like looking like malnourished. Whereas like an eating disorder is being 300 pounds when you're five foot seven yeah, yeah. like in, yeah. And, and not being able to control yourself and not being able to stop eating and not being able to not binge eat. Like that's an eating disorder. And I feel like that's something that like society really overlooks is like people will look at like a very thin girl who's going through that and be like, Oh no, help her. Mm-hmm. And then people will look at a very overweight girl and be like, ew. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's like, that's something that's not talked about enough that like, that is an eating disorder too, you know? Absolutely. I think it's funny because I feel like we, well, you're younger than us, but we were raised on like, um, those TV movies where like the girl would like, she would like throw up in the closet or whatever. And it's like, that's what you're an eating disorder. And it is right. But they never showed the other side of that, that it could be a person who is overweight that is struggling with their, with food that also has an eating disorder and is not healthy. Yeah. No, because all the movies about like the bigger girls are about their success stories where they, they just lost weight and they never experienced any trauma with eating or any, any problems with, with diet, they just ate less and they got skinny and then everybody congratulated them. You know, like that's, that's the funny thing is it's, it's just not, it's just not talked about. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so for your, for your weight loss journey, how much weight did you lose altogether? I'd say probably around like 135. It really depends on the day. (laughs) But like, um, I'd say probably like on average, but like 130, 135 pounds. Wow. Wow. And so you talked about, you joined the gym. Um, Was that your main way of losing weight or did you find something that worked? Like what worked for you? Honestly, I genuinely feel like at 300 pounds at 19 years old, that was probably the first time my body has ever moved that much in its like entire life. Wow. So it was like pretty quick off the bat. Yeah. Like, I think I lost 40 pounds in like three months. Wow. Like, because your body's like in shock, right? Yeah. Because it just has so much extra weight that it really, really, truly doesn't need. Yeah. So, um, and that was the most frustrating thing is when it started to slow down, but like, um, yeah, it was just the gym. And I like, remember, I feel like you kind of have like, whenever you, I don't know about you guys, whenever you like jump into a health kick, you have these like particular foods that always work. And now when I like think of those foods, I don't want to eat them anymore just because it felt so like, like what I had to have, like those yeah, little yeah. individual hummus packs or like um, <laughs> those little like the, the Veda toast or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was basically like my plan was when I started is like, I'm going to burn as many calories as I eat. Right. So I would burn like at the gym, I'd go and I would burn a thousand calories at the gym oh. and then I would only eat a thousand calories that day. And it wasn't necessarily healthy. Yeah. That. And I know that, but it worked at the time. And I've never, I don't do that anymore, of course. Um, I eat way more than that now, but I've never put weight back on. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just it. You have to like, it's a learning curve. Like I look at, I lost weight in high school um, doing Weight Watchers and yeah, but I remember the way that I did it. Like I was 18, so I was just allowed into bars and I would starve myself on zero point foods all day <laughs> so that I could go and enjoy my Ryan Diet Cokes. <laughs> like, yeah. And so like, it's so, uh, the way I did it back then was so unhealthy, but it worked for me. Yeah. Um, so it's all about like learning and adjusting. Um, so do you feel like you've learned sort of, uh, I don't know, like, in, in, I guess, how to keep it off and how you lost the rest of the weight, it must've been a learning curve. Um, yeah, definitely. It was just like a slow, it was a slow roll. Like, like, uh, I would just lose a certain amount of weight and then just chill for for a sec. Yeah. Like I lost that 40 pounds and then I just stayed at like 250, 60 pounds for like two years. 
And then I got back in it and then I dropped down to like 200 pounds and I stayed there for like a year. And then I got down into like the 180s, 170s, 160s. And that's when I kind of just like, it was like a steady decline, like downwards. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just learned that my body needs to like get comfortable in certain places. And then now as I get older um, and more like in my body, uh, it's, it's harder now. <laughs> oh, wait, wait till you hit 30. My God. I just, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't want to, it doesn't want to lose any more weight. Yeah. But, um, Weight Watchers was, you mentioned Weight Watchers. That was a huge motivator for me. Um, after I lost that first little bit of weight and I stayed in that like realm, like 250, 260 for a few years, I was dating a guy and his mom, but I was talking about Weight Watchers, not to me, like as like something I should do, but just yeah. something that, um, I, I uh, could do. And my mom had done it before too. So I remember I was like, it was in Guelph, Ontario, um, where I was. And this guy's mom kind of like told me where to go and what to do. And I went and I signed up. And um, and that was that was really the beginning of it. Like I lost like about 70 or 80 pounds on Weight Watchers and oh, wow. never gained it back. Yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to, like this guy's mom actually, like I dated this guy for a couple of years. And his mom like sat me down. We talked about weight loss and she was like, you might have extra skin and that might be scary, but don't let that deter you. And like, you can do it. And she was very, very, um, very positive force in the beginning. And then I guess the rest of it really, because she started it with me. Um, and him and I don't talk at all anymore. And like, we are like not on speaking terms whatsoever. And part of me just always wishes I could go back and be like, yo, thank you for, for everything you told me, but I can't do that. It's too weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd go to him and be like, do you remember that nice girl, Josie? <laughs> yeah. I, I would be like, Hey Janet, can you never mention that? I reached out to you? <laughs> oh my God. And then I just saw your TikTok the other day about um, your skin room, what's it called? Skin removal surgery? Yeah. Like a, it was, it's called a circumferential body lift, but Whoa. I just call it a skin removal. That sounds very fancy. So, I know. How, how did that come about? Like, did you have to, what's kind of the process? Did you have to be down, like kind of maintaining a certain weight for a long time? Did you have to see psychologists? So, like what they ask is that you be at the weight that you're at for like six months to a year okay. because they don't want you to have just lost a hundred pounds doing keto in three months mm-hmm. and then get the surgery. And then, and then it's just really not good for your insides, outsides to like stretch right back out like that. Right. So they just yeah. need some kind of like, and I mean, realistically you're giving them a, a lot of money, so they'll probably do whatever you want them to do. <laughs> but they yeah. do su- yeah, they do suggest that. Um, and I remember I, I had been down at, uh, the same weight. So I'm going to say it was like, mm, but like 170 pounds for like two years. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's, that's, this is it. Like, I, I can't lose any more weight. It's yeah. not going to happen. Like it's, I have a lot of skin hanging off me and everyone's like, well, maybe you can go to the gym more. I'm like, yo, I go to the gym twice a day. Like it's not yeah. going <laughs> yeah. anywhere. It was a lot of skin. And I went to this uh, plastic surgery clinic on McLeod Trail and I walked in and the girl goes, I was like, I'm looking to do a consult with a surgeon. I just don't really know like how to get the ball rolling. So I wanted to come in in person and just like ask some questions. And she was like, looks me up and down. She goes, we do suggest that you get to your goal weight before a surgery like this. And I was like, 
I was like, I am at my goal weight. And she was like, we also suggest that you keep it off for at least six months. And I was like, I have kept it off for two years. What a B. How much weight? I know. How much weight have you lost? And I was like, about 120 pounds. And she was like, wow, that's amazing. She's like, but you do know these surgeries are expensive. And I was like, do I look homeless? Yeah. What are you talking about right now? Of course I know. It's not free. Like, do you I want to walking off the street? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, well, do you want to book a consult? And I was like, not a chance. No way. No. Not here. So I, um, I ended up going somewhere else, but, um, it was, uh, top to bottom, like a seamless experience. Like it's, it, it was really good. You go in, you do your consult and they kind of give you all like the warnings and stuff, tell you exactly what you need, give you a price. And then you go home with your little quote. And you call him back and let him know if you want to put the deposit down or not. Wow. And was that scary? Like it, like, was that, I don't know. What was the process in, were you just sort of like diving in head first? Were you sort of hesitant about it? Oh, it was, uh, it was funny. I, uh, my buddy and I from work, he actually has lost like a lot of weight too. Now. Um, I was kind of like just teeter tottering around like 180 pounds. And he was like, I really want to lose weight. So he was overweight. And I was like, let's do it together. Let's do a challenge. So he set up this challenge for us and we did it. And he lost like 40, 50 pounds. He looks amazing. Wow. And he just kept it off. And um, I just like was working really hard and eating really well. And I got really lean, but I just had all this extra skin. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to see all this hard work that I've put in. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was listening to this song. It's called Leak by AJR in my car. And I, for some reason that day was like, I am going to get the surgery. So I drove to the bank. I was literally just driving, listening to the song, thinking about this whole journey. And I was like, screw it. I'm doing it. So I went to the bank and I was like, I need to borrow $20,000. And they were like, I know. And they were like, no. (laughs) 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 And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you have student loans, you have a vehicle and you have a credit card. And until you, they're like, you can pay off your $5,000 credit card debt and then we'll give you $5,000 line of credit. And I was like, well, that doesn't really work itself yeah. out. Yeah. Like, uh, so then they were like, yeah, no, there's not really anything we can do just because you have like quite a few loans taken out. And I was like, okay. Um, so then I, I actually called my stepmom who, um, is, has always been amazing. She's a second mom to me, like absolutely for sure. And she, I figured just knowing their situation her and my dad um, would be able to lend me the money and I could pay them back like on a plan. Yeah. And so I called her and I was like, I, I, I would, I, I hate asking for anything. I never have never thought that I would ever, 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 mm-hmm. but like I would, I'm going to ask you for this and here's my plan and here's how long it will take me to pay back. And she was like, yeah, no, no problem. Just let me know. Oh, wow. And what and, were your were your parents or like were they worried about you having the surgery? Were they hesitant to you know kind of say go for it? Oh, they knew. I talked about it for years to my mom. Yeah, um, me and my mom are a lot closer than me and my dad, so I didn't really talk about it with my dad at all. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of like every time he saw me, he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> but um, my mom knew, and she is the best, and she's always tried to give me everything and her only concern was that she wanted to be the one who paid for it and it just wasn't possible it's too much money I was like nobody has that much money lying around like it's it's not a thing I was like it's not your thing to pay for it's all good so that was literally her only trepidation and um I 
once it was figured out, there was just no question. It was just something I'd wanted so badly. And obviously the risks are there, but um, I booked it and I cried my eyes out because I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And then I just like waited for it. But my, and then my mom came in and took care of me and stuff. Well, and what is the surgery like? Is it like, it's not day surgery, is it? Like, um, it depends on what you get. So if you just do tummy tuck, which is just the front, uh, it is a day surgery. It takes about four hours and you just chill out in the next room for a bit and then you go home. Wow. Which is crazy. Cause they literally yeah. cut your skin off. Yeah. Um, and then the one that I got is a one 24 hour, like it's like a night, like you have to spend a night. Okay. So they do the front and the back. So it's like a tummy tuck and like a back tuck. If you're going to yeah. like, describe it as anything. And like and arms like, and everything. No, I just did the front and the back. Oh, okay. Um, like, so it's like my lower abdomen, like, and then my lower back. Okay. But my top, like, I definitely want to eventually, I don't know if I ever will just because it's expensive and painful, but I would love to do like my upper thighs. I still have like a lot of skin there, my upper arms, and then my upper back would be nice. But I mean, yeah. it's so much money. Yeah. So much pain and like, I don't know, but um, yeah, so it was just the bottom. And then usually what will happen for a normal person who's not dramatic and is <laughs> you would leave the surgery, you'd wake up and then you would, um, chill in a hospital room for 24 hours and then go home. <laughs> yeah. But I'm but guessing it was not that way for you. <laughs> no, it took longer than it needed to, which is usually how things go for me. And, um, then they couldn't wake me up. And then I had like low levels of everything. So I had to get two blood transfusions. But what does that mean? Couldn't wake you up. Like what was happening? I was just like on oxygen. Like they couldn't get me, like they couldn't get it flowing. Oh my God. Yeah. It it was pretty freaky. So I was in the hospital for six days, um, trying to get back on my feet, literally. And do you remember that time? Like, Uh, were you in and out a lot? Like, I, I don't. I remember waking up and being like, oh my God, this is amazing because my skin was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I remember just being in immense pain. Like it was, I was on morphine. I had like a catheter in me for like four days. Like I couldn't move at all. And they just, I was on oxygen. And I remember whenever I'd fall asleep, the machines would go because I wasn't breathing enough. So like it was, and I didn't really know what was going on. My mom was probably freaking out yeah um but I was just kind of loopy um I had just started dating my boyfriend at the time like a month before oh and I like in my medicated state that first day was like come see me and he was like oh god (laughs) so he came and he was just spooked by the whole thing like he he's like I just started dating this girl I don't know what's going on this is so weird like um but oh no yeah. And then, and then after like the six days, it was totally, totally good for, for a little while. <laughs> and where the nurses like, um, girl, this was a 24 hour thing. Like, could you get oh, it together? <laughs> it, it was, it was literally like the craziest thing. So cause it, because it's plastic surgery, it's elective. So you get the one night stay at the hospital that you pay for. Oh. And that's part of the price. So a bill came for oh, like, God. I think it was like five or $6,000, um, for this room. And it just came in when we were leaving. And I was like, what is this, America? Like, this is Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think and, about that. Yeah. So we called the dog, the surgeon's office, and they covered it because I was like, I didn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't choose to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, so, but it was really, really, they did not have to do that. It was very generous. But 
And is there any part of it that would be covered by um, like your insurance through work or anything like that? Mm, The only way you can do that is if you do like a, um, what's the word when you, a bypass, like gastric bypass. Oh, okay. And then as soon as you get, do that original surgery, you get put on like a wait list for skin removal surgery. Because usually if you get the gastric bypass, it's like a pretty like huge weight loss case kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was, it was not covered at all, but a lot, that's like an argument that I've heard a lot of people say, and I've had a lot of people be like, that's BS. You shouldn't have to pay for that. Like you took the initiative. You should get the skin removed for free. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, like I, I wasn't born overweight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I made crappy choices and it sucked because maybe it was as a child and as a teenager when I didn't know any better, but the government doesn't owe me anything because I yeah. ate too much McDonald's. Like it's yeah. not anybody else's problem, you know? You were just Which stimulating the economy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh and so, so what were the other complications once you went home? So basically I, I went home and I was like totally fine. And it was actually the strangest thing. Like I was like off the Percocets, like it had been a week and I went out that day, like for lunch, my girlfriend picked me up. Like I was walking, it was fine. Yeah. And then I was laying on the couch. I remember this so vividly. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I was watching TV and I just felt this like little pain in the bottom of my back. And it just like started to grow like so rapidly. It was just like pushing itself up my back. And I was screaming. Oh, like no. it was, it was the most pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Like I was actually screaming at the top of my lungs. I could not handle it. Like I felt like I was, I don't, I don't know what giving birth is like probably way worse, but like in the moment <laughs> it felt like the worst pain I could have ever possibly felt. And were so, you home alone? No, my mom was here. Oh, so she woke up and she was like, what the hell? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like throwing up and I had a fever. And she was like, should we call 911? And I was like, no, it's fine. So I just took some more Percocets and went to sleep. And then it just kind of continually got worse. I kept getting higher fever. I kept getting more sick, kept throwing up for like a few days. Whoa. And my, cause we called the doctor and originally he was like, it's probably some medicine. Like you're not used to being on such heavy medication. Like just take it easy. Yeah. Um, and then this one night I woke up like drenched in sweat and my fever was like 103 or 104 or something like crazy. And so we called an ambulance and they came and took me to the hospital and they did a bunch of blood tests and they sent me home because they all came back like totally clear, but they did a blood culture and the blood cultures take 24 hours to come through. Okay. So like 24 hours later, it was like three o'clock in the morning. My phone rang. I was at home and they were like, come back right now. Like, yeah. And they were like, you need to get back here like immediately as fast as you can. And so what was it? Why did you have to do that? Um, so it was a, it was like a septic blood infection. <gasps> so like my whole body was infected and I like, it's so crazy. Like thinking back to it, I didn't even realize what was going on, but I went in, they hooked me up to an IV right away antibiotics. And then and what is that? like, we you just, in- like, you just like roll in and you're like, hi, my name's Josie. They just called about coming in and then you're just yeah. wheeled away. And then, and, and then they put me in the emergency room at Foothills for like 18 hours. I was on an IV in there. Wow. And then, and then they had to transfer me back to South Health and then they admitted me right away. And I was in there for two or three weeks, I think. Oh, whoa. oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was pretty, it was pretty nutty. Like it was, it was a wild, it was a wild experience, uh, <laughs> but they, yeah. So like around like the cuts, there was like drains on my thighs oh. and, um, there was like growing, like, you know, when there's a staph infection, there's like circles around the cuts. Yeah. Yes. 
so it was like kind of growing down my leg like around those cuts and then um they also had like there was like pools of blood in my stomach that had like hardened I forget what that's called hematoma oh my god um so they had to add drains like while I was awake they had to pull me in and like surgically put more drains like into my stomach to try to get the blood out before because if it was infected once they stopped the antibiotics it would go back into my bloodstream and then if you use antibiotics once you pretty much become immune to them and then the virus becomes like a super virus and then you can't fight it so they have to be really careful it was just so it was really like a crazy experience and then finally at the end of like I think it was two weeks I was in there um they were like we have to operate again oh no for what uh to to like suck to vacuum the blood out of my stomach because it was not moving with the drains so they did the surgery all over again cut me open sucked it out sewed me back together I've had three belly buttons now in my life. (laughs) I know it's pretty crazy, but, um, and then they put me on like a a portable IV and I had to take an IV home. It was like in my arm for two weeks at home. Wow. So when you first started, was it like, Hey guys at work, I'm going to take a few weeks off to do this. (laughs) And then I was like two weeks max. Yeah. And And then it's like, I'll see you in a few months. (laughs) Something that people should know though that like nobody even knew like it was like just nobody's ever left to get plastic surgery before as far as they can remember yeah so it's because it was like the the kind of surgery that it was it was medical leave yeah so originally I had used all my vacation days at once oh and you could and I wasn't gonna be able to take vacation for the rest of the year Oh, and then like two days before I went to our HR guy and I was like, Hey, wait a minute. And he was like, yeah, what the heck? Like, this is a medical leave. This is not your vacation. Yeah. This is not a vacation. And I was like, amazing. (laughs) Perfect. So I didn't have to use any vacation days to get this surgery, which was really cool. And people should always look into that. If you're ever looking to get a plastic surgery done, because your work should give you a medical leave for it. But, um, yeah, it was supposed to be two weeks and I think it ended up being about a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. And were people just messaging you and being like, hey, girl, when are you coming back? Like, <laughs> um, Yeah, I tried to get my boss to let me come back and be on the be on the air with the IV, and he said no. So, <laughs> like, that was not an option. But, no, it was just, like, my friends would come to visit me because they'd be like, ha-ha, let's go see Josie. And they'd, like, come in to surprise me, and I was just in shambles. Like, oh, oh. No. they'd walk in, and I'd be, like, bawling my eyes. I'd be like, let me get out of here. I want to go home. I'm the worst <laughs> patient ever. Like, the worst I was patient gonna ever. Say, how, how are you as a patient? Are you kind of, like no. – Oh, are you like, I hate this so much. I want to take each of those nurses just on a date. Like I want to wine and dine them like (laughs) to the end of the world for what they put up with. I'm, I'm a miserable human being when I'm not feeling well, just generally. And when I thought I was dying, I was like, I was literally psychotic. They sent like psychologists in to talk to me. Um, I was just like the girl in in room, whatever with anxiety. Like that's what great, like, it was bad. Like they, they couldn't even do the IVs on me. They had to call an anesthesiologist up every time I needed a needle because oh, I wouldn't wow. let them do it. Like it was bad. It was so bad. And so <laughs> when you, so when you went for the consult and they were like, Hey, look, here's all the risks. Were these all listed? Like, or is this sort of no. ordinary? It was definitely out of the ordinary. Um, and interestingly enough, I went back to my surgeon for Botox, um, a couple weeks ago. And which is a whole other story and I don't really need it, but it was just like a thing that I was trying. And um, I'm be like, how old are you again? <laughs> yeah. 
but he was doing it and I like he went to go put the needle in and I was like haha you know how much I love to be in pain <laughs> and uh he like kind of smiled and then before I left he was like I want you to know that what you went through was incredibly traumatic Aww. and you have every reason to be scared to be in pain because that was terrifying and I think about it all the time oh my and god I know and he was like and and I should have just we should have just taken you in for that second surgery right away and not put you through what you went through like it must have been traumatizing and like you're allowed to feel whatever way you feel about it because it was very 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 scary for all of us wow and I was like whoa I, I've, I was, I'm always like, ha what a, what a crazy thing. And then to hear him <laughs> say that, I was like, oh shoot, I really did almost die. So like, yeah. um, it was, it was kind of nice to have that like be acknowledged, but yeah, it's definitely not something that happens very often. It's something that they say can happen, yeah. but it's like, like this surgery is, is not, it's not a joke. It's worth it. Yeah. I would do it all again. Yeah. At least two more times. Like yeah. I would do it. But like even like I was like, I don't know if you guys are squeamish, but no. there was drains in my thighs and like that was like draining out all the excess fluid from the surgery. And once they took the drains out, my thighs continued to leak for like two weeks. Oh my god. Like just like fluid from my stomach coming out of holes in my thighs. Oh. Like it, I, and when I did have the drains, I had to tie them up and wear them around my neck in a necklace and it, and they were just draining blood out of oh. my insides. Oh. And it was like, oh. it's just the most non glamorous, like definitely my God, don't get into a relationship right before this. Like that was <laughs> such a weird learning curve. Yeah. I remember going to my boyfriend at the time being like, are we going to be able to get through this? And he was like, <laughs> eventually. But like, this is going to be hard to unsee. And I was like, yeah, it will. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that's how I felt every time I gave birth. I was like, you know. Oh, like, I can't even imagine. I'm going to be the worst birth giver in the world. <laughs> Me and Michelle always have to remind ourselves that laughter is a trauma response. Because like, I'll be telling the story and I'm laughing and people around me are like, Carling, that's not funny. And I'm like, oh, right. Well, it's just my trauma response. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's so funny. It's so true though, right? Like, it's so weird when you hear like, laughter is your response to trauma, like, or like your, your response in panic. Yeah. Yeah. Like when someone tickles you and you laugh, like you're actually panicking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I think so much, but I can't stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. And so you said like you would do it again, like everything that happened, it was worth it. Oh, in the moment you asked me that, I would have been like, no, I should have appreciated the body that I had. And like, <laughs> the worst mistake I've ever made. Um, but every, I'm not kidding you every single day. I like, I, I remember before this, um, I would wake up every morning and just like, I know it's just your body and there's so much more to a person than their body. But it was just my biggest thing that I'd been working on for so many years. Yeah. And I just felt so overwhelmed because I never, it's not like if I had a baby and it was like this like skin that showed that I would be like, awesome. Like this is just a, a scar of this person that I made that I love. Yeah. Yeah. But this was just like, a reminder that like I at one point was extremely unhealthy and extremely unhappy yeah and it was also like a reminder of guess how far I've come and stuff but it felt hopeless yeah. and I every morning would look in the mirror and be like there's nothing I can do and I would go to the gym 
twice a day and work my ass off. And there was just nothing I could do. And, and it, it just felt so hopeless. And I, and that's my own mindset. That's not to say that extra skin is bad or that it looks bad or anything. It's yeah, not, yeah. it's beautiful. It's a, it's a reminder of everything you've been through. I personally, um, it was a, a blessing that I have the ability to do that. And a lot of people can't, yeah. so it's not a bad thing, but every day, every single morning I wake up and I get up and I get changed and I look in the mirror and I'm so grateful. And it's like so crazy to feel at home in, in the body that you're like, you're literally stuck in your body. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just so grateful to feel at home in a body that, that finally, after all these years, it's like a privilege. It's a privilege to ha- have sex naked, which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> and some people don't think about that. Like there's yeah. some girls who just never would think about that. Yeah. yeah. And now every time I'm like in bed with a guy, like even when I first got my surgery and I'd been dating that guy and we dated for a long time, I, every time I was not wearing anything, I was like, you don't know this, but this is crazy. This is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, that's a big deal. And I mean, you, like you said, you worked so hard to lose the weight and you want, you know, you wanted to be able to, to feel it and to show it on, on your body. Right. And the extra skin was kind of just in the way of, of you being able to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it sucks because it really is like, it, it was such a privilege to be able to do that. And I'm so grateful for my stepmom. Like she doesn't realize and she never will understand truly how much she changed my life. My mom is also like to thank just for everything. My mom's just, I can, every good thing that's ever happened to me, I thank my mom for that. But like, it's just like, I don't even know how to explain it because body being positive about your body. A lot of people will have different mindsets about, well, if you're so body positive, then why did you need to change your body? Right. Right. And I see a lot of posts on Instagram that's like, don't hate your loose skin. Don't hate your stretch marks. Don't hate this. Don't hate that. And I will always advocate for that. But then I also find myself being embarrassed of wearing short sleeve shirts, like even this week, like, or where I won't ever wear shorts or a skirt on a first date because my legs are not tight. They're loose because of all the weight I've lost. And I'm positive about my body, but also I'm embarrassed. And so I feel a little bit like uh, hypocritical sometimes Mm -hmm. because I'm also still learning to navigate life in this like weirdly stretched out body. (laughs) Um, but like it's, there's so many different angles that you can take. And so many people say like, you're not body positive. If you are changing your body. No, that's like being like, you don't like your house. If you're going to paint the walls. Yeah. That's not true. (laughs) Yes. That's not true. You didn't, you don't love the house that you bought. If you're going to renovate it. No. That's not how life works. You don't love yeah. driving if you're going to get a new car. Sorry, honey. That's not true. I love yeah. driving. And I'm going to continue to get a new car because it makes me feel good to be in it. Yeah. And and that's just the same thing as changing your body. And I have friends who get, who get nose jobs, who want to get boob jobs, who want to get their lips done, who want this and that. And they're like, I don't want to tell anybody. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like you literally are stuck in this home that you will be stuck with forever. Every day you look in the mirror, you want to be happy. Then do it and don't be embarrassed about it. Like there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm such an advocate for change if that's what you want. I love that. Yeah, like I love like all your posts are about like body positivity, but I think that that is such a good 
like uh, angle to take the fact that like you can love the body you're in and still want to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody will have the means to, and that's why it's very important to watch the way that you say things and the way that you portray things. And, and I've seen a lot of posts lately actually about like before and after photos and how they're not really very nice because somebody's looking at your before and they're there mm-hmm, right, right now. And you're saying, thank God I'm here. Whereas your before might be there after. Yeah. And, yeah. and I feel like there's a certain amount of truth to that. But at the same time, I'm not saying F you <laughs> if you don't look like me now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that I decided that I was unhappy. I was unhealthy. I couldn't walk through the mall without breaking a sweat. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud of how far I've come and how hard I've worked. I wasn't a bad person. I wasn't crappy. I wasn't mean. I wasn't cruel or 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 anything bad before. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm gonna survive COVID if I get it, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just like, that's what the before and after is. It's, it's a mindset. It's yeah. the person it, it's, it's like a health thing. And, and I just, I don't think it's really fair to look at somebody and be like, you shouldn't put your before and after pictures together. It makes other people feel bad. Well, it's oh. not for other people. It's really yeah. a personal thing. I mean, you know, like you said, your you changing your body doesn't mean that someone else should have to change their body. You know, if, if they feel fine, they feel fine. And yeah. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, uh, I don't know, a negative thing towards someone else. If somebody wants to lose weight, that's just, and, and everyone has good and bad days. Everyone has days where they feel confident and they feel happy in their outfit and they feel super cute. And then other days where they feel gross and bloated and you know, it's, that's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with us wanting to change it or not change it. It's yeah. just a personal preference. Oh yeah. It definitely, it, it definitely like goes from person to person and there's some people who genuinely like are and and I don't even know like how to describe it like overweight but like happy like that they prefer to be like that Mm -hmm. if you look and that's fine I just remember being uncomfortable but also it's like it's a mindset I'm I have some kind of weird mental disorder probably about all of this like body dysmorphia or something I don't know something something's wrong I'm not fully I'm not I'm not good I'm like I'm 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 working on it but it's just like a it's a weird thing because, um, like I will always worry going on dates that I'm going to show up and they're going to think that I am big. Right. right. Yeah. That I'm like bigger than what, what they thought. Yeah. Right. And that I'm going to be like too, too chubby for them or like too this or too that or not their type or whatever, because they want like a little tiny girl. Whereas I would have looked at me now at the weight that I started at and been like, Oh my God. Like, let me, please let me have yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, it's just, it's such a strange mindset to be sitting at a table with like a man and be like, I hope he doesn't think I'm fat. I hope he doesn't think I'm fat because yeah. it's like, it's first of all, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and second of all, it's like, even, even if, if I were, or if that were their mindset, like it just, it's just this like crappy thing that never leaves. It never leaves. It never stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once you go through something big like that, and if that's like a big part of your life, if health is a big part of your life, it's all you think about. Yeah. And like, it just never, it's like a never ending spiral of, of thoughts. It's, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've, I feel I've never felt when I see people who are confident in their body and that can wear whatever they want. I'm like, man, I wish I felt like that, you know, because it, in my mind, I feel like I'm overweight. I've had five kids. I, you know, I lost my husband. Food is my best friend. Uh, besides, Excuse me. Carly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I've, I've never felt confident. And my whole mindset is like, I just want to put on an outfit 
that I feel cute in, you know, and I'm yeah. not trying mm-hmm. to hide anything. Um, and maybe I'll always feel that way, but I don't know. I, I, it's just, it's such a weird thing to like, I don't want to pass that on to my kids, right. To my girls to, to have them feel that way, but I don't know how to make myself not feel that way. And then there's days where I told Carling, I'm like, I feel like I have body dysmorphia, but like the other way, like I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm smaller than I actually, and then I'll look at the girl and be like, oh my God. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, I'm so, I, I think I heard you say it and then I didn't, and then the conversation moves. I'm so sorry to hear about your husband. That's, oh, sorry. that's very sad. Yeah. And, and I, do you have five girls? Uh, I have three girls and two boys. Oh my God. That is so, so many, so many of them. <laughs> I know. It is so it's many. So many. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like, I, that's, it's such a different story. And I, I mean, your kids look at you and they love you. Aww, like you. your kids don't see a fault in you. Like yeah. anything that you see when you look in the mirror, your kids don't see that. Think of the way that you looked at your mom when you were little. Yeah. 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 Did you ever think about her weight? No. Or her looks or her clothes or anything? Like you might have looked at other moms and been like, yo, that mom looks like that. Yeah. So <laughs> but like you like you would never like your kids just like love you. Yeah. And I feel like the whole feeling good in your clothes, it it's, it's hard because I mean, I have all the time in the world. I don't, I don't have five kids. Right. Like, so I, but, but it came pretty easily and pretty quickly just alongside taking care of myself. Right. And it was just a matter of actually just remembering that feeling good feels better than feeling not good. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like after like literally a week of eating not salads and starving myself and drinking 10 liters of water a day, but just being mindful, mm-hmm. my clothes would just feel better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and you just wear them in a way that like, that you feel like, I don't know. It's just, it's really only matters how you feel. And yeah. my best friend's favorite quote in the whole world is pretty is just a feeling, which it is. There's no definition of beauty. There's no definition of pretty. There's no definition of like what the perfect weight is, perfect type. BMI is all BS. Like it's, it's, it's nothing. It's all about how you feel. And I'm still on the hunt for, for the feeling of like total confidence. And I don't know if anybody ever finds it, but like the feeling of just taking care of yourself and like, I don't know, putting yourself first in a, in a way that, in, I mean, you have kids and obviously they're always going to come first before you, like, yeah. I'm assuming that's how it works, but <laughs> yeah, so my mom did it anyway. but considering I had like, three of them in my bed last night. Yeah. They come first. Yeah. Like, and, but they're, they're always going to see, they're always going to, and I'm not a psychologist. I'm just telling, I'm just telling you what mine told me, but yeah. like, your kids see what you did. And, and what you do. And I don't know, I always put everyone else first. Always, always, yeah, always, yeah. always, always, always. Cause my mom did that for me. And sometimes, I mean, if you're feeling like maybe you're like at a loss or maybe you're not putting yourself first, you're giving yourself enough time, your kids seeing you put you first will probably make them do that. Yeah. 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 You know, there, like, one thing I did start doing during during corona or COVID or whatever, um, <laughs> I started running, which I never thought I wow. would ever. And I started running and I'm doing, I did the couch to 5k. I finished that and now I'm on the couch to 10k. So that's been 10k. 
Yeah. I know. It's so bonkers. Did you achieve like the ability to run 5k without stopping at all? Um, I can run, I think the longest I've done is 45 minutes straight. Whoa, I could never do that. Like I couldn't run down the street, let alone like <laughs> even yeah, that's things, I feel like I would just give in. Well, and I never thought I could either. My parents are big runners. Like my dad's a marathon runner. And I was like, you guys are crazy. Like I wouldn't run unless someone was chasing me. If that, yeah. you know, I would never do that. But I was like, well, I've had a treadmill for about seven years and I've never used it. So I <laughs> probably should try it out. So yeah, it's been good. It's been I don't think I've lost any weight, but I do feel better. That's honestly, though, that's like a perfect example of different people and like different abilities and different things. Like I personally work out six days a week. And if you gave me a million dollars, a million dollars and said run for 45 minutes, I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like physically could not run for that long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, it just depends on, on the person. Like everybody's like a different kind of strong, right? And everybody's yeah. a different kind of this and that. And, and it's, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's so cool. I wish I could run for that long. I don't think for the rest of my life I'll ever be able to run for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any goals you're working on now? I tried to be a runner. It didn't yeah. work. <laughs> um, right now. And I, this is such a typical thing to say. I would really like to lose 10 pounds, <laughs> um, but who doesn't want to lose 10 pounds? Yeah. Um, I just feel like, um, COVID at the beginning, I like lost weight because I was scared. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm kind of like over that and then spending more time at home, less time out, less time moving. And I just feel like pretty sedentary aside from like the 45 minutes that I work out in the morning. Right. So yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely just, it's not even that it, it's just kind of like, you know, when you get like kind of bloaty and you're just yes. like, yes, it's, you're just kind of like just thick and just yeah. like there, <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm not supposed to eat bread and I just do it anyway. And like, yeah. I just need to like, like my doctor's like, you're celiac. This is why you're in pain. And I'm oh, like, oh. No. <laughs> so like, he's like, I went in for like food poisoning last week. He's like, so you could have food poisoning. He's like, it's just pain. Right. And I was like, yeah, he's like, so it could be food poisoning or the fact that I told you that you're celiac two years ago. <laughs> and you haven't stopped eating it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so that's something I'm working on. Like, I think that would be the goal is just to kind of like stop inflaming my body on yes. purpose. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys when have I, goals in mind? Oh, um, I, so I did a Tough mutter a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remembered just before it, I was disappointed that I wasn't fitter, skinnier, whatever. And now I look back at that video and I'm like, God damn, Carling, like, <laughs> Yeah, was the fittest you have ever been. Um, So I think that's kind of just like, I I remember what it felt like to be there. And um, I gave up CrossFit. um, Well, probably really when Anthony passed away. Yeah. Well, Um, when when my husband died, Carlin basically became like my surrogate husband. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. And so, so I chose to give up CrossFit, which is fine. um, But finding like workouts that are, you know, similar to CrossFit or, um, things like that are sort of, cause that's when I felt sort of my strongest, mm-hmm. my fittest. Yeah. 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 For me, I just want to move every day. Like I I'm running every other day. And so in between, I want to just kind of do other things that I can move my body squats or things like that just to feel. We got you a bike. Yeah. I got a bike. So b- riding a bike's been nice. Yeah. Bike oh, nice. That's good. It's the butt, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I got like a cruiser bike last year and the seat was huge. And I was so happy about it. Cause my butt's so big. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, the first the first couple rides when you haven't ridden in a while yeah. is interesting. It feels great. Oh, painful. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about um if you do future surgeries, is there a risk of um the same thing happening again to you? Oh yeah. It's 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 not just me though, it's anybody. Like getting yeah. a blood infection can happen from a paper cut and like sepsis spreads fast because your blood just flows, right? So like right. Yeah. like there are people who get sepsis from hangnails. Right. Um and this was a major surgery and it just, it happens and it happens. Um, just not commonly. Yeah. The yeah. same way that you commonly don't get a paper cut and get sepsis, but people do, you know? Right. Yeah. So like, um, I would run the risk. I don't know if I'm especially, um, I don't think you can be especially prone to getting sepsis, but I've had it before when I had appendicitis when I was little, oh, Wow. um, my, because my appendix burst. Oh. So that automatically gives you sepsis because all the shit in your appendix goes yeah. into your body. Yeah. So like I had it and I was in the hospital for three weeks that time too, but I was like eight. Um, oh, wow. So yeah. Your body's like, can we not, please? Can yeah. you just? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would love to to do it for my arms and my legs. But at the same time, every time I tell my mom that she's like, no, <laughs> your mom's traumatized just from, <laughs> I know my poor mom. I might not do it just for her. <laughs> oh no. That's awesome. Um, I've been, we've been loving your TikToks too. They're so funny. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with TikTok. It's really, really bad. Yeah. TikTok is bonkers. It's like some people are like really vulnerable on there and share their stories. And I think it's so good uh, just to help with other people who are feeling that way, right? Like mental health is such a stigmatized thing and, and it's getting better. And I mean, Carling and I have had our experiences with mental health and, um, you know, the more you talk about it, the more normal it feels. And so it's just an interesting outlet for people to kind of share their stories on there. Oh yeah. It's definitely a cool way to like, kind of also like not only realize like that that like that you can talk about it and have people be supportive is that you're not alone in it yeah and it's just yeah mental health is like that's a huge thing for me I've I've only as of like I'd say four or five years ago started to like really mm, I've always been anxious and and worried always Mm -hmm. my whole life but like only got to a point where I could like really feel it in my stomach like as of like maybe four or five years ago and like it's definitely something that like plagues me in periods um currently in a little bit of a dip in in that way and um it's kind of nice to be able to just be live in a time where it's kind of it's okay you know yeah and and it makes it easier like I don't know today I came into work and my buddies are always they make fun of me they work on the the radio the rock station Uh and they're these two guys they do the morning show there Jesse and JD and um they they're always they they know what mood I'm in because I'm either dancing or I'm not Oh. <laughs> and I'm like sassy, bougie, wretched, or I'm like good morning. Like that. There's only, and I'm always smiling, but they, I'm either like beaming or I'm just smiling. And yeah. so they always call me out. And like today, I was just having like a morning, and this does not happen very often. Like it's been a long time since this has happened. But I was up all night, could not sleep, just so anxious for no reason. And then I came in this morning, and it was just kind of refreshing to be able to be like. When they were like, "What's the matter? Like, who did someone break up with you? Like, whatever." <laughs> and I was just like, "No, I'm actually just having really bad anxiety today, and I'm I couldn't sleep last night, and I don't want to talk about it." And they were like, "Oh, all okay. right." Uh, and then they both checked in before they left, and it's just like a nice thing to be able to like. That's not something I would have said three years no. ago. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
I would have been like, what are you talking about? I'm amazing. Like, yeah. You know, and, but now it's nice to be able to be like, like girls literally be posting videos of them, like crying their eyes out on TikTok. Yes. yes. It's such yeah. an empowering feeling. Yeah. Totally. And I, I do that too on, on, uh, Instagram. Like I talk about my grief in like every form, like I just put it all out there because I know other people feel the same way and I get yes. feedback from other people who feel the same way. And I want to be able to go onto a social media platform and see that there are people who are experiencing what I'm experiencing. So I don't feel alone. And, and that's so important, like for you to share your journey and for so many other people to share theirs, it's just, it reaches out to so many people that you probably don't even realize. Yeah. Well, that's really cool to hear. And thank you for, for phrasing it like that. And with you, it's the same though. Like, like you said, you said that you lost your husband a year ago, right? Yeah. Just and so I, I can't even, cannot imagine what that would have been like for you. Yeah. Um, and you, and you talking about your, your, I don't even want to call it a journey, but just your experience with that. And yeah. through that, uh, like somebody will, somebody is having that experience for them begin today. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And yeah. to be able to like go to you and be like, well, she's here a year later and she's alive and mm -hmm. she's fine and she's living. So she's still breathing and I can continue to do that. Yeah. And like, just kind of like see that other people have gone through it and mine on like my story, way smaller scale. Like I, like, cause I can't, like I, I don't have words. Like I can't believe that you had to go through that, but, um, like you probably helped so many people by being vulnerable and being honest and open about what you've been through because some people probably in the moment feel like they, there's no way they can get through it. Right. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for saying that. But I mean, everyone's journey is valid and everyone, you know, even, even if it feels smaller than someone else losing, you know, somebody, it, it's still like, I don't know, it's still valid and it's still your pain and it's still something that you've been through. Like we interviewed a, a couple who had to cancel their wedding because of COVID and they were talking about how they felt grief and it's like, yeah. And, and yeah. I know people feel like they can't maybe say that to people who've lost somebody, but you can still feel grief over things like yeah. that. You know, you can still feel disappointment and sadness over things that didn't work out that you were excited for, you planned for. Um, it's, it's all still valid, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And like grieving, especially grieving openly and like letting other people like learn from your grief is, is, is great because whereas somebody who just lost a spouse would learn from you because they feel like they can't get through it. Somebody who's just lost their first pound could learn from me because they feel like they're never going to get through this. And somebody who had to cancel their wedding could learn from my friend, Brittany, who yeah. just went through that because you don't want to feel alone in things. Absolutely. And like, there's just so many different like levels of grief. And obviously some are more powerful than others. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt moments of grief in my weight loss journey, but I, I can absolutely guarantee you that none of them were as, as grieving as as much grieving as you would have felt going through what what you went through so there's right. definitely levels and I think that really you know like that's why we do this podcast and we just have like a dash of inappropriate dark humor with it and... <laughs> I love it, I love it so <laughs> um and yeah like that's that's how we get through it and yeah the people we've talked to you know have these incredible stories and yeah we're just we just love what we do because we get to spread so many stories yeah Oh yeah. I can't even imagine like being able to talk to that many people. I mean, I guess I can't, but I don't have the platform to like have it all like, like have like long pieces of audio like this, like yeah. all my phone calls and stuff that I can put on the air, are, like only one minute long. Right. Yeah. So like 
it's just it's nice to like actually have a long conversation with somebody so yeah no it's good well this has been so nice Josie thank you so much no thank you for thinking of me I really appreciate you having me on Honestly, Absolutely. Michelle, so we have a joke that like Michelle always like finds people that we should interview, but it's me that is the one she's like, you have to message them. You have to message them. And I'm always like, no girl, they're going to say no. Like it's just no, no. no. <laughs> Carling is an event planner. So I feel like she just has, she just knows how to like, I don't know, her customer service is on point, I guess, yeah. with like reaching out to people. Cause I'd be like, Hey girl, uh, do you want to be on our podcast? I don't know why, but just come on, do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, that was it. Was I'm so glad you reached out and I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. This oh, was awesome. Good. Good team. Awesome, Josie. Have a so good day. Much. We'll talk to you later. It was so nice to meet you guys. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. Michelle, I have one question for you. What is Josie our new best friend? I hope so. I love her. We're too old for her though. She's cool. She's cooler than us. I know. She's like young and hip and on the radio. <laughs> on the radio. Oh my gosh. Well, Josie, thank you so much for doing this podcast oh that was such a good conversation yeah I loved it yeah she's like I love how like positive she is but like also real about how things are not always positive yeah absolutely it's a it's a range of emotion every day what a journey we'll link her episode or her um sorry her Instagram and TikTok in the show notes so check her out because her journey's incredible yeah and also she's very funny yes um and Michelle, we have even more patrons to thank. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we should get a little music to like oh, announce our Patreons. Um, so as you guys probably know, we have Patreon. And when you sign up, you get a shout out on a future episode. So we're basically breaking it into like 10 people per episode because we don't want it to be just like name soup. Um, so this week, we want to thank Caitlin M., Jill G. Nicole C. Deirdre. Andrea L. Cynthia H. Allison. Kate V. Danielle H. And Jessica P. Guys, thank you so much. Thank this you. This is so nice. Um, let us know what you think about our content. And if you just can't get enough of us, you should join our Patreon too. Yes. Uh, Patreon. Patreon. God, I can't say it. We're going we're gonna to learn how to say it at some point here. Yeah. You can also find us on Instagram at I did not sign up for this dot podcast and on Facebook at I did not sign up for this TikTok. I did not sign up for this dot pod. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I said confidently patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. Yeah. Um, so literally go sign up for all those things. <laughs> and again, thank you to Josie. That was so fun. Yeah. And I you, also want to work with her. I just, I always watch their like Insta stories and stuff and they just seem like such a fun little group of like radio people. I love them all. Well, let's send in a demo reel. Yeah. Ooh, we'll get our own radio show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, get on with the day. Okay. Okay. Bye guys. Bye.